Ladies and gentlemen, Alien Zoo is now open. Hey everyone, welcome to Alien Zoo. My name is Chris, but you can call me Chris. I want to thank you for listening and for subscribing and sharing this silly little podcast. This week, I present to you an episode that I'm sure will be fun and educational. Some would say fundicational? Not many, but I'm sure probably some do. Alright, let's just get into it. Most checklists used by bird watchers and scientists claim that there are roughly between 9,000 and 10,000 species of bird. And you know what? I believe it. It seems like every time I explore a new wilderness, I come across a bird or bird call I don't quite fully recognize. Now, these cases usually end up being smaller, unassuming birds that I happen to overlook, But what if I came across a massive winged feathery beast? A bird larger than you, and certainly larger than any other bird you thought existed. Well, what do you know? Today we're chatting about Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds, like a good amount of other American cryptids, can be traced back to the early Native Americans. Native tribes from Alaska to the Gulf of Mexico have stories focusing on gigantic feather-covered birds of prey. There are Inuit carvings that depict giant birds picking off whales from the sea. Other large mammals, such as orcas, moose, caribou, and that's it, were also alleged prey to the monstrous sky creatures. Some of the more fantastic stories tell of birds so huge that the mere flapping of their wings were powerful enough to create the sound of thunder. Early tribes used the Thunderbirds to explain some of the more intense bouts of weather, such as hurricanes and aggressive lightning displays. One of the most famous Native American legends describe a giant bird that some believe may be a reference to a pterodactyl, who may have possibly survived past extinction. But please don't be fooled! Thunderbirds aren't just creatures of folklore and legend. There have been real accounts of giant feathery winged beasts taking over the skies and frightening humans from time to time. If there weren't any, I wouldn't have a show. (laughs) Alright, so here's an example of one of those stories. On July 25th, 1977, in Lawndale, Illinois, 10-year-old Marlon Lowe became the first reported victim of a possible Thunderbird attack. A victim who survived! Marlin was playing outside, as a ten-year-old would. As he was minding his own business, playing with army men or eating dirt, I can't quite remember what ten-year-olds do. I was playing with pogs! Anyways, he was minding his business when he was attacked by not one, not three, two giant birds. One of the birds actually picked up the boy and carried him a few feet. Fortunately, for Marlin, not the hungry birds, his mother witnessed the attack and chased after the bird holding her boy, yelling and screaming. The bird released the boy and both birds flew off. 
the birds were described as this. Quote, it had a white ring around its half-foot-long neck. The rest of the body was very black. The bird's bill was six inches in length and hooked at the end. The claws on the feet were arranged with three in front, one in the back. Each wing, less than the body, was four feet at the very least. The entire length of the bird's body, from beak to tail feather, was approximately four and a half feet. End quote. The family reported the attack to local cops who immediately took out their guns and started shooting at the sky. No, no. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> they only made fun of the family and ridiculed them for quite some time after the event. And that's the story. Another interesting little detail is that the family's dog, who would reportedly bark at absolutely everything, did not bark at the birds. Probably getting back at Marlin for not sharing his PB&J that one time. Dogs are cute, but they're vengeful. Keep an eye out. Although Marlin had for years maintained that his encounter actually occurred, many zoologists and researchers have classified the story as a fabricated encounter involving an Andean condor, the largest known flying creature that exists today. So let's chat about condors for a little bit. South American natives for years have told tales about condors swooping down and stealing newborns. But the scientific community has a difficult time believing that a condor, if these giant birds are condors, would even consider attempting to snatch up a 10-year-old boy. Condors, here's the thing, they aren't even capable of a feat of strength like that, alright? They have feet similar to turkeys, not meant to grasp prey easily. Okay. So if you happen to look up Thunderbirds, you will definitely come across a few black and white photos showing groups of various people with supposed Thunderbird carcasses by them, whether on the ground or hung up on the side of a building. Now these photos have been long debated in the cryptozoology community for their authenticity, with most believing they are simple hoaxes, just because their origins are mostly unknown, the origins of these pictures. Something interesting, though, is that it seems that each year in late March, early April, July, and August, all the way down from the Ozarks to the Ohio River Valley, and even into the Appalachian Mountains, an odd yet very noticeable migration of large birds seems to be occurring. Now, I'm not saying these birds are thunderbirds exactly, but it is an interesting piece of information. Similar migrations can be observed in the western mountain states as well. These great migrations could be the best time to spot a thunderbird, if they do indeed exist. So, plan accordingly if you want to see one. There is a story out there that claims that in April of 1890, Two cowboys in Arizona hunted and killed a giant bird-like creature with a monstrous wingspan. The unknown creature was said to have abnormally smooth skin, a head and face that resembled an alligator, and featherless wings, similar to that of a bat or something similar to a bat. Now, this description does scream pterodactyl to me which was an ext extinct but known creature at that time. 
The two cowboys were said to have dragged the beast's carcass back to town, where it was pinned by the wings and hung up in a barn. Oh, like a decorative carpet. And by the way, it did take up the entirety of the length of the barn. Just gonna say that. Eventually, this picture was published in the Tombstone Epitaph, a local newspaper. Fast forward to 1963, in the May issue of Saga magazine, writer Jack Pearl recounted a few early 1960s Thunderbird sightings, including the Tombstone Thunderbird. But here's where things get interesting. He claims that the Tombstone Epitaph in 1886, quote, published a photograph of a huge bird nailed to a wall. The newspaper said that it had been shot by two prospectors and hauled into town by wagon. Lined up in front of the bird were six grown men with their arms outstretched, fingertip to fingertip. The creature measured about 36 feet from wingtip to wingtip, end quote. Now, as you see, this is a bit of a different description than the first mention of this tombstone thunderbird. This account recalls a much more bird-like creature rather than a pterodactyl-looking creature. So what exactly is going on? Do we have a case of two creatures? Or is this a load of bird baloney? Hmm, interesting. Where a lot of the speculation concerning this photo comes from is that the original photo has mysteriously disappeared. Rumors of the supposed photo still circulate around the cryptozoology community. Several researchers, including John Keel, insist they've seen the original photo, but no one can recall exactly where or even when. One story claims that the main cryptid man, Ivan Sanderson, displayed the photo of, on an unnamed TV program in the 1960s. It is said that he then lost it and spent the entirety of the rest of his life trying to find a second copy. Author Larry Thomas claims to have seen the photo in 1980 in an Old West photograph book whose title he conveniently forgot. However, he claims the image has, quote, burned itself into my mind's eye, and I feel that its accuracy is quite high. End quote. Well... Not quite as high as you, Mr. Larry. He also recreated the photo, and his interpretation shows a dozen men holding a lifeless, unknown bird with its wings outstretched to over 20 feet. Carl Schuker, you guys remember Carl, he has suggested that the researchers may have confused their memory of the photo with, the photo, with a photo showing African hunters with a large, dead stork which was widely published in the 1960s and the early 70s. And with Photoshop being so prominent in this day and age, it is difficult to take any of these photos 100% seriously. Alright, so what exactly are these creatures, you know? Or what could these creatures be? Well, here are a few Thunderbird possible explanations, or possible explanations for Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds could be modern-day Teratorns. You hear that? Well, I yelled it. A Teratorn was basically an oversized condor, anywhere from 2 to 2.5 feet in size, with a wingspan of 11.5 to 12.5 feet. 
However, this is somewhat unlikely since no flying bird larger than an albatross or an Andean condor has been discovered in recent times. Unlikely, but not 100% impossible. Another suspect for Thunderbird sightings could be pterosaurs, which were prehistoric flying reptiles. Now, I can see how you could draw the conclusion to this, but pterosaurs have been extinct for around 66 million years that we know of, as far as we know, I should say. Perhaps they're incredible at hide-and-seek. Who knows? I sure don't. And speaking of extinct species, here are a few more possible culprits. The Argentavis magnificens thrived in the late Miocene period in what is now Argentina. This vulture-like bird is the largest flying bird known to science. It stood 5 to 6 feet tall, weighed about 158 pounds, and had a soaring wingspan of 23 to 25 feet. This bird has been presumed extinct for about 5 million years. The Argentavis magnificens had two smaller North American relatives, the Teratornus incredibilis, and the T. Mariami, which both had wingspans from anywhere between 9 to 12 feet. It's crazy. Now, this may be a bit of a long shot, but there is also a prehistoric flying reptilian candidate from the late Crustaceous period called Quetzalcoatlus. This creature was the largest known pterosaur, with an impressive 39-foot wingspan. That's absolutely insane. This beast was, of course, named after Quetzalcoatl, the legendary and terrifying sky serpent from Aztec lore. Here's a theory that may be a bit easier to wrap your head around, alright? It is possible that these Thunderbird sightings are simply a case of mistaken identity. They could be exotic, non-native species of giant birds, like the African crowned eagle or the Andean condor, which, you know, we have talked about who may have escaped from captivity, perhaps a private zoo. Distance could also play a factor in people thinking they see something larger than they actually did. When a large bird, like an eagle or a vulture, fly incredibly high up into the sky from back on the ground, you know that you're seeing something huge. You just don't really know how huge. Plus, the larger the bird, the slower it seems to be flapping its wings. Did I just make that up? Makes sense, since it would take more energy and more muscles for a large bird to flap, thus needing more time to complete a cycle of wing flappery. But I'm no scientist. So, here we are, at the end of the episode. I'm going to go over a couple more modern Thunderbird sightings from one of my favorite cryptid books, A Menagerie of Mysterious Beasts, by Ken Gerhard. Ken is, in my opinion, an expert on Thunderbirds, and I highly recommend this book. It has a lot of very detailed and fascinating cryptid encounters and sightings. And uh, you can listen to a bit of Ken's expertise on Alien Zoo episode 25, where um, I actually got to interview him. Quite amazing. He's a very knowledgeable cryptozoologist. Okay, so the first recollection comes from a man named David, 
who shared a story about an encounter in 2011 in the frigid state of Alaska. Here's his tale. I took my two sons last spring to a place called Tangle Lakes to fish for lake trout and camp out. The lakes are in open tundra mountains, not many trees around the area. We decided to check one of the other lakes nearby. When we got to the lake, we all saw a large bird that looked like a plane. It was so big. It swooped down to the middle of the lake and grabbed a big fish, then flew to the other side of the lake and landed. I jumped in my truck, drove around to the other side of the lake, and watched him with binoculars. It ripped the fish to pieces and ate it. My boys and I never forgot that. It was amazing. Wow. Thanks, David. To be one of your sons. Or that fish. It's a crazy story. Okay, the second and final story I'm going to tell you guys today comes from a Montana resident named Diane. This story of hers happened sometime in 2018. And here it is. Our family has been sighting one or two of what we have started calling Thunderbirds since we see them just before the thunderstorms. We live on a farm in north-central Montana along the Missouri River. There are almost cliff-like hills along the river, near which the eagles also enjoy catching updrafts. These birds are huge, with perhaps 15-foot wingspans. They are dark brown, gray, all one solid color. The bottom jaw has a downward curve that is quite noticeable. The wings are long and relatively slim and show a noticeable joint where the wings would fold. I am not sure whether there were feathers or not, but what the wings had was not unlike the noticeable finger-like feathers in eagle wings. Their legs are not long, nor do they have long tails. The creepy thing about them is that they give the impression of being prehistoric. And everyone in our family that has seen them comment on the evil feeling one gets from seeing them. Like the hair on the back of one's neck standing up. We have been noticing them the past two to three years. They seem to be nesting in some rough land along the river. So far, we haven't found any pictures on the internet that seem just like what we are seeing. Possible Thunderbird? Perhaps a Terratorn? It's interesting that she described the, the hook on the beak similar to the 1977 Illinois attack. It's interesting. And please, if you thought these encounter stories were interesting, go and check out Ken Gerhardt's book. Again, A Menagerie of Mysterious Beasts. Highly, highly recommended. All right, so that just about does it for this episode. I can't thank you all enough for listening. Uh, I'm doing my best with releasing content while still having to deal with a pesky 9 to 5. Yuck! If you'd like to support Alien Zoo, you can join the Facebook group, follow us on Instagram, like and subscribe on your favorite podcast thing. You know the deal. And please email us at alienzoopodcast at gmail.com and let us know what cryptids you want to hear about. Because we'll listen. Okay, well, I hope you had fun and learned a bit or two. And hey, let's make sure our bird feeders are filled to capacity, okay? Let's keep these birds happy.
My name is Chris, and until next cryptid, bye.